hi, 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 guys. Welcome back. And wow. Okay. Happy Wednesday. We did not expect this. Rachel Levis, formerly known as Raquel, sat down with Bethany Frankel. Now, we know that Bethany Frankel is the one who is spearheading this reality reckoning movement. She has enlisted the help of two powerhouse attorneys and also, I believe, anywhere from 80 to 120 different reality stars who are signing up to be a part of this. Well, now she sat down and got the first tell-all interview from Rachel to hear her side of the story. And we only have part one of part two. I believe part two comes out on Friday. So as of right now, we have a lot to discuss, a lot to break down. Normally, I don't do a last minute live. But if you guys are in the live chat, hello, how are you? Smash that like button, show some love, and let's welcome Jason. Yay, last minute replacement. Oh. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Wow, this is kind of um, crazy because I just, you know, uh, I wasn't supposed to do this live with you. So I had to rush and listen to the podcast. And it's been such a busy morning already. You know, we're moving and things are happening. So it's just like, I have to go listen to this. So I listened to it and I it wasn't what I expected it to be. And I know this is just part one, but I do have questions. So I don't know where you even want to start with this. I think, well, let's start with this. I mean, yes. By the way, thank you, Jason. You look amazing. Guys, that's my husband. Oh, thank you. <laughs> don't do and that. two, um, we were going to come on with Bravo and Blaze, but guys, it's always, when it's a last minute, I need to stop saying guys. I need to find like a good synonym um my point is is we asked bravo and blaze and a few other content creators unfortunately for other people they're on the west coast so when we reach out this came out this morning at 7 a.m which was only 4 a.m on the west coast so people in california when this came out and we started posting about it people are still waking up so I was so. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to reach out. You know, like it, it's funny because I just finished Anchor Watch last night about twelve thirty, and then I usually stay on later with with Josh and Captain Sean, and we talk until like one one thirty in the morning, right? So, I know you had a late night. I forgot about that. But he's texting me at eight o'clock my time. I'm like, how are you awake <laughs> from last night? Even though it was earlier there. Yeah, it is hard to reach out and and ask people to do last minute lives, especially when it's so early and stuff is just coming out. And so. Yeah, yeah, crazy so, morning. Listen, we're here. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to go ahead and bring up some things, and then we're going to get into the conversation. So if you didn't okay. see, Bethany Frankel posted this this morning saying, a woman's voice is very powerful. Now Rachel is using hers to tell her own story for the first time. Part one now available on Just Be With Bethany, wherever you listen to your podcast. And that's kind of how this started. But from there, I'm going to go ahead and switch this up. You ready? Mm. We're going to give the first clip. Okay. Hold on. You were born Rachel, and then at some point you didn't legally, but you just wanted to be called Raquel. Mm -hmm. Diabolical, demented, subhuman, shut the fuck up. You are nothing. You are nothing. You are nothing. I would have killed someone. Has anyone said that you're a human being? How did you feel knowing someone that you thought you were in love with recorded you? I wanted to know if you think that they feel that they went too far, the cast, and if... Okay. I mean, I, I think that that's all you really need. We're going to go ahead and pause it right there. The interview 
was wild. So in this mm. interview, Jason felt a little underwhelmed and I kind of felt a little overwhelmed based off of the relationships that we have with the cast. I think Absolutely. I wasn't expecting this. I literally, I was using my parking pass this morning to take notes while I was getting Jason a coffee. This was not on my bingo card today, but guess what? That's sometimes the best content. Throughout this interview, Jason, I want to start with you. What do you think was the most shocking part? For you. Um, you know, I well, let me just step back because I had some thoughts on what this interview could be because there is a reality reckoning. There is a conversation that I have said needs to happen, of course. I don't know if it's gonna go as far as Bethany is trying to take it. Um, but what I got out of it wasn't so much it. What I got is she's taking accountability for her actions, mm-hmm. but also this isn't the exploitive things that I've been hearing from around, you know, Bravo and the talent who are no longer on the shows and stuff like that. This isn't as there. So I'm wondering in part two of this interview, like, what happened to your nose? And was that covered up? You know, that's what I want to know. Those kind of things I want to know. But it was um, she did, or her eye, sorry. But, you know, I, I felt like um, she took accountability for things that she has done. Now, yes, the whole cast has done this. Yes, this blew up into something. But at the same time, you know, uh, Bethany said exploitation without representation. I get that. But no one's holding a gun to your head, girl. Like, you are still making these choices. You are deciding to drink. She admitted to being a fangirl of DJs. And this is how she came to know James. I was there when she met James at Pump. Like, this is, you know, like, these are choices that you're making. Another thing that didn't sit well with me, and I'm sorry to go on a spiel here. No, no, no. When Rachel said that a lot of the viewers are projecting on her because of something they've been through, that to me is like, no, girl, because it hits home for them. It's like, yes, but they're upset, but you did it. You made that decision. You made that choice. And and it's like... No one is forcing you to do anything. No one forced you to go back to the show and film again. No one forced you to show up at the reunion. No one forced you to sign up for this in the first place. No one forced you to be a fan of James that turned into a very volatile relationship. No one forced you to go after Tom Sandoval. So that's that's where I kind of lose things a little bit, if that makes sense. Okay, let's start from the beginning, right? So we start off and she said that right now she feels like after coming out of therapy, she's at a place where this makes sense to her, right? From there, you know, they started talking about Bethany kind of mentioned, she's like, this is wild to me because, you know, watching your show, I've never watched your show. From my knowledge, you guys are a bunch of people who worked in a bar. You guys drink a lot of alcohol. You hook up with each other. But this affair took on a name, which was Scandaval, and then it was like shot through the PR machine that is Bravo NBC, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's like, we're going to make a shit ton of money. So that's kind of the stance that we start off on, right? And then at the same time, this was supposed to be the last season of Vanderpump Rules, you know, and then this all happened. So to save the rest of the season, to go into one more season, which I think it only has one more on its, you know, life, uh span here but oh, we got that they picked up too. 
I, I don't think we're going to see anything that's going to drive us into season 12. But that's just my opinion. I've been wrong three times. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah, yeah, that's but fair. I, you know, I feel, um, yeah, like, of course, they picked up on this, but the show was pretty much done and wrapped. And then they picked up cameras again. And we got this going again. You didn't have to, again, they're going to do that. Because right. of a decision you made and it came out. Of course, they're going to do that. That's what they do. You know, you've been well-versed on Bravo. Obviously, you were a fan of DJs or maybe just James or the show and wanting to get on. You've watched the show for years. This is something that's been spiraling and happening before and before. It's like, you know, there was a roadmap there. Well, and then I want to kind of get into this too. Um, again, I'm going to go through, bear with me, Jay, because I'm going to go through and I'm going to hit you with the points. Sure. Um, Bethany said, why me? Why did you choose me when you could have went to anybody else? Now, I'm pretty certain that Bethany is not the one-stop shop for this interview. I believe that there is a huge publication that is coming out. And really, if I'm breaking this down, I honestly think that Bethany gave Raquel a platform to, in her mind, sort of redeem herself. And then this publication is a well... Let's just say, let's call it Vanity Fair. Let's say Vanity Fair is coming out with a publication, right? And they're talking or Vogue or anybody, people, Matt, who cares? I think that this was sort of a place for Raquel to speak her side. But also now if she goes on and she has interviews with other publications, it's kind of like the redemption tour, right? We had people mm. who were canceled, like Jax Taylor or Stassi Schroeder or Kristen Doty. And then Jax just promoted his new villain show. And also he's recording his own show while also potentially filming for Vanderpump Rules season 11. So there, this is like her own redemption phase, right? Well, sure. Bethany and said, why me? She said, well, my PR team reached out to you. And it's because you're a powerhouse and my mom absolutely loves you, which really gives credit to everything that Lala and Sheena said from the jump when they were talking on their podcast, because they were like, listen, her, her mom has such a sort of a control factor with her that she is not going to let her come back on the show. Like I don't foresee Raquel it's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not healthy for her. And, you know, like, like I said, you know, I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought, but you know, just like it, it's just not, it's not healthy. I'm glad that she does have a support where it's like, stay away from the show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and then from there, I'm going to bring this up really quick. Norma Maldonado, Rachel should have had a one-on-one -on -one with major outlets. Bethany is exploiting Rachel, using her to gain followers and using real life, uh, or uh, real life, Raquel Levis or Rachel Levis as a poster child for her crusade. Thank you for the super chat, Norma. Um, Rachel went on to acknowledge that she was healing from a very toxic relationship, somebody who she thought she was going to marry at some point. And she didn't know how to do that. So she started over-consuming alcohol, kind of getting into the single phase. She was making all the wrong decisions. And she got to a point where she didn't necessarily recognize herself, right? She said that she drank a lot, blah, blah, blah. And then we get into the Rachel versus Raquel of it all. This part I found fascinating only because I love a good context, uh, context and a backstory to what we're talking about. And Raquel went on to explain, when I was in school first grade, I had a lot of Rachels in my class. I've always been Raquel to my friends. 
At home, I was Rachel. To my friends, I was Raquel. So no, this was not just a stage name that came about because of Vanderpump Rules. This is something that I've sort of... It's another person identity I've identified as for a long time. Right? Right. So at least we kind of get to put that to bed. Okay, then it keeps going. She also said... What? You know, like, she didn't have her safe space, like her place to go through these emotions, you know, after the James breakup. And it's like, then going back to the show is just not a good idea. And I realized that these people are young. I was also young at one point. I made dumb decisions, but also I was old enough to make smart decisions if I wanted to. And I feel like maybe you should have just taken a break from the show. If you didn't feel that was a safe space for you, you know, and I do understand that producers get in their ears and they say, if you don't come back, you know, your story will be told for you. Someone else will tell your story. You need to come back and, and, and finish this. You need to be the winner in this James breakup, you know? So I understand that. But I mean, the, the safe space thing made me think. It's like Vanderpump Rules is not a safe space. No. Those restaurants are not a safe space. No. <laughs> no, Filming reality in. TV is not a safe space. But no, you know, like the, the whole point... Oh. Jason taught me something when, and I'm trying to get better about it. Like last night we were at dinner and somebody was trying to talk to me and I was like, I, 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 he's like, do you ever notice that you say I, I, I when you're done with the <laughs> conversation and you're just like trying to push somebody to the side? And I was like, I never noticed that. Um, so I'm going to be better about that. But wait, I want to get into this. <laughs> Bethany said that she would probably be in jail for murder had she had been Raquel's mom after watching that reunion. And Raquel, sort of explain that, or Rachel, this is so confusing. It's like Ariana and Ariana. Rachel explained, going into the reunion, she was shocked by Ariana's behavior. This part got me a little bit. She said, I'm somebody who comes from a place of compassion and understanding. And when Ariana came at me at the reunion, it's just not what I was expecting. And I thought in my mind... No offense, I'm not taking, like, I'm not saying, like, yes, just bury Rachel over here. But I'm saying, in my mind, I thought, how could you not have expected that? That's exactly what it was going to be. And you knew that based off of the media attention that everyone was getting and the podcasts and the interviews and the things that were coming out from TMZ before you even got to the reunion. This was inevitable. Yeah. No, 100%. Well, from there... Rachel was asked about who can she trust at this point. Bethany asked her and she said, listen, at this point, I've learned my LA friends were my fake friends. And at, I, I can only trust my childhood friends and not all of them. I had a few childhood friends who reached out to me and they said, hey, listen, I have to unfollow you. I have to That's no longer, you know, like I can't speak with you. I can't be a part of this. So Throughout this, she kind of probably took a group of 30, 40 people and condensed them to maybe three to five and realized who she can trust, who she can count on. She said, you know, I trusted a lot of people who I thought were my friends who were affiliated with the cast. And I trusted them with some very deep, dark secrets. And those secrets came out. This is the unfortunate game of one, Hollywood, and two, reality TV. My dad always told me my whole life, You never tell your best friend your deepest, darkest secret because one day they won't be your best friend anymore. And it's a negative approach, but it's so fucking true. 
I mean, it is true. And again, I want to go back to deciding to be on reality TV. I'm really actually what I got out of the, out of it was that she is doing the work. She has done the work, but she had a lot of work to do before. Like she talks about going to do the work to find out why she is a- attracted to men who are just not available, you know, and, and it's, she got me a little bit because I was like, wow, you are really doing the work. So you did go to a facility with a stop at Miraval on the way and on the way out, you know, but like you did go to a facility, you did do some work, you decided to stay there longer. If that's what she's saying anyways. Um, but then afterwards, after, you know, I don't take back that apology to Ariana. I, I, I have done the work. It was like, you know, falling in love with, with Tom. It was like, you know, it's this thing where she was comparing it almost to drug use, you know, and like, I was just addicted to him. And I was, and I was like, this is, this is now it's becoming excuses. You know what I mean? Yes, you can like someone, you can love someone. I get that. See, that's interesting that you say that, but I that's just don't actually, like the comparison to 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 drug use. Is, is that a, saying, a fair comparison? I'm not sure. Well, I actually. So I'm gonna kind of. This is why I love having these conversations because I think that you can be addicted to a lot of things, right? Drug use, alcohol, sure. um, being needy when it comes to friends. Just well, you just named substances. Accepted. I'm, uh, you know, like. It, it, I, but I, I don't know. Maybe when I it comes know. to friends. And she's saying that she sort of got addicted. I think that she is saying what I think that when you put yourself in therapy and you have somebody who's a professional and that professional and you've been to therapy, I have not. Right. So mm-hmm. and you didn't enjoy it and you actually got up and walked out and you stopped. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't for my personal situation. It was my previous partner who had uh, an addiction to other things. Right. That was coming between our really, and then not, and then being in the same position, not taking responsibility for the choices he was making. And at that point, after two, three sessions of you're still not taking responsibility, you're still not hearing people out, you're still not listening to the therapist. Of course, I'm going to get out and walk away. I do think therapy is very helpful. And guys, I see in the live chat too, I do understand that the, the love addiction is a real thing. It's just, I, I think at some point we're looking for excuses for behavior. And well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think sometimes when you're dealing with a professional in a, ther- a therapy session um, or setting and you have somebody who is a doctor who's telling you, that's interesting to me. So what I'm seeing from this is, Rachel, you might not identify with this but you're addicted to love. You're addicted to wanting to feel that love that somewhere deep down inside of you over the years, you feel like you've been lacking. You're addicted. But then I feel like this is why for me, sometimes I, I kind of go back and forth with the idea of therapy. And I'm like, I feel like sometimes I just wonder how much of it is helpful and how much of it can be gaslighting you into thinking like what you've done is okay. And it's justifying your actions in a way that makes sense to you. So then you can come out and explain those actions to everybody else. No, I get that. But I also, I think it's very healthy for her to be doing this right now. Um, You know, and, and I'm not saying in any way, shape or form, I'm just taught that, that production itself is not responsible for a lot of the hurt that she went through and the Mm -hmm. way they made her look, of course. Like, this is why I think the conversation needs to happen. This is why I think that what Bethany is doing 
you know, I don't know how far it will go, but I think that she is bringing awareness to things that we've already been talking about. Nini has talked about it. We've talked about it before. And there are things still to come out, okay? This is not just the first interview you're going to see from Bethany, I don't think. Um, I don't think this is the first article that we're hearing that's about to come out. The things that we will hear or see, you will see that production and and the network in itself can be exploit the talent, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, because uh, my mind has changed on that too. From my previous stands, it's like, if you choose to do reality TV, that is up to you. No one's holding a gun to your head in the amount of drinks you're going to have. No one's holding a gun to your head in, you know, you need to go sleep with Tom Sandoval, that you need to be a fan of James Kennedy and come in to pump consistently to get his attention. You know what I mean? No one is telling you to do those things. So if they spin it to make it look a certain way, it's got to be expected at some point. You know? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read this really quick. Ness, I asked a psychic on YouTube about Raquel before the uh, season 11. Read Raquel would take a break from season 11, plus would get help from another woman, Bethany, and video on YouTube. Thank you, Ness. Um, Thank you, Ness. Yes. I, I get what you're saying because I remember the early stages of being at sir i remember when james had a girlfriend before Kristen doty and obviously him and Kristen being together got him on the show right mm-hmm. um and i also remember around the same time that raquel came into the picture and raquel james was djing at pump and doing these different things and raquel would show up and then raquel would sort of follow them when they would go to the next spot and she made sure that she was around i think she kind of tried to explain in this interview that she didn't know what she was getting herself into. And she, you know, she was like, I was wanting to be around DJs and I thought in my mind. And it's like, she didn't understand what she was actually entering into when it came to this whole situation. But wait, it keeps going. So she said that she still stands by her original apology that she posted on Instagram, again, saying that she had the need to be validated and be loved, but also that she looked up to her fellow cast members because she saw how they carried the show. She saw that they had affairs. She saw that they had toxic moments with the drinking and stuff like that. And that's what keeps the reality TV sh- you know, machine moving. So when she was doing what she was doing, she didn't really think, why would this be a big deal? They've all done this before. She was kind of shocked because almost all of the cast had been in an affair before. And she said when it came to season 10, while filming, I was committed to keeping the secrets. Bethany asked her, why did you do that last part, right? The the part that Alex Baskin and so many others swore would make the cast members of Vanderpump Rules really seriously contemplate signing their contracts. Right. It really was not that big of a deal. And she said at that moment, she was committed to just giving her truth in she was so loyal to Tom Sandoval before and lying to everybody else, but she thought that could potentially be her last moment to tell her truth. She didn't know if she would be back. So that's exactly what she did. She took the opportunity and she had to throw him under the bus as well. What were your thoughts about that? I think she finally listened to herself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I also just to go back to, I don't believe, I believe her portrayal is not necessarily who she is. Okay, I think she is a better person than this, and I think she got caught up in a lot of the games that are being played, you know, because she wasn't really a main cast member before, right? So right. 
the main cast members are going to also save themselves from this whole situation as well. Um, but I don't know. I get lost because we we have personal relationships with all of these people, and we know interactions that Raquel has had with these people. We know things that have happened beyond behind the scenes. We've been there for some of the things that happened behind the scenes. So it's hard for me to really believe uh, some of some of the things. I think have been a little skewed. She's changed certain things. So uh, it, I'm I'm sitting on this fence with <laughs> with with Raquel right now mm-hmm. or r- with Rachel. Sorry. Oh no, we're gonna we'll get into that too. Um, Kirsten, her reaction to everything just brought up all the rage I had when this first started. The excuses, and according to Adam, her lying about their personal interactions behind the scenes. Well, according to Adam, Kirsten, wow, <laughs> put that on me. No, you know it is true. I think that I think that when talking about Vanderpump Rules. Um, unfortunately for us, I think it's so easy for a lot of people, but we do have so many great relationships with some of the cast members. And I think that I, I love keeping and maintaining good relationships with people. I don't want to lose those or argue or fight. And with that in the business that we do, you really have to walk a fine line and you can't, Sure, you, you have to be not, it's weird. You can't be biased. You can't, it's, it, it really is sort of a challenge, right? It makes for a better conversation. Okay, let's say that because then like people are always going to come to you for what they want to hear instead of balancing the conversation, right? Yeah. All right. We're going to get right, back into go. it. She also, Rachel, mentioned that she visited Tom Sandoval's friends and family in St. Louis and it showed her honesty is one of her core values that she is not going to compromise anymore. But she went into treatment right after the final interview, and that's where they took her phone and confiscated her stuff. And Mm -hmm. she felt that she was very welcomed by everyone, and everyone met her with grace and compassion. And Bethany asked her, do you forgive yourself? She said, I do. Bethany again said, why Bethany? Why me? And she said, you are the force to be reckoned with. My mom loves you, which sort of gives credit to exactly what I said before that Lala and Sheena said on their own respective podcasts. But the part that got me was she did say, because Bethany's whole, you know, saying for this is exploitation without compensation, right? Right. She feels exploited in that the network is running to the bank with the scandal, but not giving her a single penny. She didn't even pay for her own treatment. Her parents helped her pay for that. Thoughts? About the treatment? About About the exploitation? About her, I guess, not receiving any money for it. I mean, this is something that, you know, Bravo has specialists to work through with their talent in dealing with these situations. So I definitely think that if this was a situation she found herself in, I definitely think that Bravo should have helped her take care of this situation because she just went through the ringer for this show. And as much, guys, I'm not giving an excuse to Rachel here, but she did save the show. She gave them another season. She's given Ariana... I mean, single-handedly, really, all the deals to make herself very successful. You know, now something about her will be very successful. Everything will be successful. But she did choose to make a decision. She did did choose to to uh, do these things, and then she preempted this in the interview by saying, "You know, I've had these problems. Why am I attracted to people who are already taken? You know, right. so." Uh, man, I'm sitting on a fence and I feel like I'm giving nobody any kind of uh, opinion here. But I do think that Bravo 
should absolutely step up just a little bit to take care of someone's mental sanity, especially after the biggest scandal or the biggest scandal, the biggest scandal on Bravo in such a long time. But as Cindy said, she was paid for her season just like everyone else. So, you know, man. Okay. So, I mean... We did see her play a lot, though, in this season. The way she was so coy with her actions with Tom Sandoval, being deceptive, which she admitted to in the interview, to, you know, uh, just doing things that are just so unlike the character she is describing that she has in her, that she appreciates honesty and that she is an honest person and she didn't find herself being honest. And it's like, yeah, we watched that. You know, and the difference is, and Bethany asked her, you know, too about the show. And she said, you know, everyone's done this on the show. Yes, that's very true. And we have kind of, in my, in my view, I'm 40 years old, right? Right. Stuff I'm doing when I'm 20, I'm not doing at 30. Right. So yes, you're young, but you're old enough to make good decisions. And yes, that did happen on the show, but these kids were like 20 years old. Now Mm -hmm. we're 10 years into the show. Everyone's in a different place in their life. People are having babies. People are married. Tom and Ariana, if they're business partners or had a relationship or, you know, whatever, have stuff together. So it's not all Raquel's fault either. You know, Tom did play a part in this, but I want to, her actions speak volumes compared to what she's telling Bethany. Right now. I want to touch on another thing before I do. Um, thank you so much for the super chat. Rachel slept with Tom when she thought that he was the top dog, not caring that he was in a relationship, even if she thinks it was for the show. Press the like button and show some love for the best duo of Bravoville. Hey! Hey, thank you. <laughs> we love you over there. And I also want to give a shout out to our new member, JME. Guys, you can go ahead and join memberships for $2.99 a month. And we do. We will have a special behind the scenes coming because we are taking a trip. We're headed out of town at the end of the month and headed to Los Angeles. And you guys are not going to want to miss that video. But getting back to it for a second, you know, I remember Raquel being around, Rachel being around a lot at TomTom. And I remember around the same time going back and forth and her ended up, she was, Sheena was giving her a place to live, right? And she had a conversation with one of our very close friends. And I was right there in the conversation because I think I was waiting for you or something. And I was around this. And I remember her talking about how nice Sheena was. And she said in this interview, I paid rent, right? Well, Mm. your sister lived in the same apartment complex that Sheena let Rachel stay at her apartment at, right? Those apartments at the time ran from 2900 to 4800 depending on what size apartment you had. I remember Rachel saying that she paid, you know, like I think she pay- said she paid like 1000 or 1500 or something like that. Yeah. She didn't pay a whole lot. So, I understand that you're saying you paid rent. That's not the full rent. You got a full apartment. And she kind of went with this narrative that it almost sound like sounded like she was saying Sheena has like this sort of you might as well have said she had a God complex or a savior complex. Like yeah. she was trying to be the mother, the sister. And she gave me these things and she gave me this place to live. Girl, where did this Mercury and the cat story come from? That was never true. I mean, I would yeah, love just, to ask, I would love to ask Sheena about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure that is not true, but also I'm curious to see like, 
I'm sure everybody, especially the Vanderpump Rules cast, like they're not going to talk about this right now unless they talk on yeah. their own platforms. And they're smart for doing that because if she's going to, you know, put this out there, they might as well monetize in the way that they put it out there. But in this instance, I'm thinking nobody else offered you a place to live. If she gave you a discounted rent, I don't know where else you can go in Los Angeles and get an apartment for under $2,500 and it not be a complete, you know, like, oh, like I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah, you know? no, crap hole. Yeah, no, 100%. Right. I just kind of, it, it, everything, I think, I feel like we were talking in circles because what I what I got from her or she was talking in circles is she's apologetic and she's accountable, you know, and she's done the work. But let me tell you about all the excuses of why I made this decision. And right. let me tell you that these people were never my friends, these LA friends, which we damn well know that if you live in someone's apartment, they're your friend. You know, and she talks about how she was an acquaintance with Ariana. They were show acquaintances. That's kind of how it works. But you've been on the show for a while. You know what I mean? We've been at parties with all of them together. Right. You know, so it, it just like I, I'm a little lost. I want part two. I want her to dive in a little more into trying to convince me that there were many things to, to make her make these decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's silly to me. Well, she also said that she almost went back to the show. And she said, and Bethany kind of said, listen, this is a zero-sum game. This is kind of like yeah. you either kill or you be killed. You either destroy somebody that season or you get destroyed. And if you're anything in between, you're a friend of or you're fired. That's what she said. Right. And for her, she said, I really thought about it and i almost went back to the show because i didn't want to end off and have my last season be me being the villain of this story and bethany said that right there is the addiction that is what keeps everybody coming back and i agree with bethany on that point because if you told me that that, i'd be like let me sign my damn contract right now and i'll go prove them all wrong no that's when she came back she's like i didn't want everyone to to remember me falling into the bushes drunk I wanted it redemption. I mean, you know? like, <laughs> when I think about Tamara Judge, that's all I can think about her. Many times of her stumbling drunk, listen, like Countess Luann okay falling into some bushes. Yeah, no, we're okay with it. I mean, she makes it fun. It's not like, you know, there's not this going on. I just, it's the part too where, uh, just to go back to the whole friendship thing and, and saying that these are not her real friends, where she admits that Ariana has always been encouraging to her and, and was being a friend and she is remorseful that she was so deceitful and, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you just said your acquaintances, not really friends, but you're saying that she's always been so nice and encouraging. And it just makes me think, I'm like, I just don't feel like we, cause I believe that she has done work. I believe she is accountable. I believe she's very sorry, but then let's the excuse part of like, they're not my real friends, you mm-hmm. know, but then you backpedal with, but Ariana has always been so great to me. You know, it, it's, it's strange. It's strange. Well, I think that also, you know, I spoke to Dakota this morning who immediately first thing in the morning was like, did you see this? And I'm like, just opening my eyes like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, when I did, we had a conversation about it as she listened to it and she had a great point. And that point was, if you want to tell your side of the story, I think that it's important to keep it about you. I think that in the moment of telling your side of the story and trying to put throw under like other people under the bus, even if you feel like they did that to you, I think that you start coming off a little defensive and losing the argument and or the conversation. 
right? Right. And another thing that sort of, like, it threw me for a loop. And the reason why it threw me for a loop was, we talked about this before, guys. We had one of the producers reach out to us, and this was around, um, it was after season eight for season nine, right before the pandemic hit, and they wanted mm-hmm. to have a conversation, do an interview at Sir, blah, blah, blah. And I always wondered, like, how worth it is reality TV? Like, how much money do you really make? The Housewives are on a different trajectory from maybe the cast of Vanderpump Rules. Sure. And Bethany Frankel made an interesting statement saying, you, last season, make less than my interns. What? She gave you... I mean, to be fair, you got Scandaval and she's making less than the interns? I don't know yeah. about that one. That's wild. It is wild. You know, like, guys, we did a podcast because, you know, producers did want to sit down with Adam and I multiple times. They don't have a gay couple on the show. I was managing Pump. Adam was working at TomTom, had previously worked Shout at Shout out Sir. to Jeremiah. So, yeah. So we sat down. We we did the whole interview process. And, I, I mean, A, I'm just not, like, there was, like, a moment where I think people wanted me to not like Sheena in this interview. And I was like, I, I think she's great. Like, <laughs> you know, do you, you remember, remember that? that? Yes. Oh my God. They were trying to get you to talk shit about Sheena. And I couldn't because I I know who I am and I know what I say and I stand behind what I say. So I couldn't do it. And then you and I, we did a whole podcast episode about this. If you go to Up and Adam's podcast, it's near the beginning, maybe like the sixth episode um, when it used to be Hot Messy podcast. And we talked about exactly why we could not do this show. Adam and I, at the time we were doing interviews for the show, we were seven years into our relationship. We were engaged. This is not the time to start a reality show. You see what reality show does to people. You see what it does to relationships. Um, And I just felt like, you know what, Adam, you and I have our shit together. Why would we go play in the dirt with this? It is a decision, but we were able to make that decision. Right. Right. Also, to be so fair, that's just where, because we went through the interview process, I just want to kind of give a quick disclaimer. That does not mean that you're necessarily going to be picked. A one hundred, one hundred percent. It's like you guys weren't we decided, picked for the show. We never said that. A hundred percent, but we decided not to move forward with any more of mm-hmm. of the of creating you know context for a reason to put us on the show, True. right? So that is where we did draw the line we were or drew the line we were like this is it it's cool you know my mom was there she was next door at tortilla republic having a drink waiting when for us existed. to get done with this. <laughs> so when um, it existed yep yeah when yeah, when it existed but okay uh you brought this up layla c said sheena's vlog shows rachel traveling and partying with her all year long while not filming i don't go on vacations with people that i'm not friends with if i'm not being paid that right there is an incredible observation. That is a great observation. (laughs) That is what... I don't even know how to... Sheena could literally post that right now and be like... But wait. As you guys know, this shit doesn't stop. So let's keep going. Of course it doesn't. Jason, will you take that comment down real quick? All right. So she also went on to say that Ariana and her were acquaintances, not best friends, but that that was the narrative that the show wanted to put on. They were show friends. Again, we already talked about the Sheena and her saying that she kind of painted this false narrative as well. But she said that Tom and Ariana were a brand and an image, but not a real relationship. She would ask Tom, you know, like, why 
do you stay in this? What are you doing? They would have these intimate conversations. And he said, listen, for the show, we are a brand. We're a business. And Bethany, she's so quick too. She's like, like an actual business or a business business or like a real business. Do you know that? Are you just saying that? What are you doing? And I'm like, Bethany gives me anxiety, but in the best way, because I'm like, she asked, listen, it, it, love Bethany or not, she asked the questions. Yeah. She's asking, like, I need to know the details. You can't just say something without backing it up. And that's yeah. why, you know, and Bethany can back a lot of things up. And I know a lot of people are not very happy with Bethany right now. Um, but I do have to say, I think that she uh, has some things that are still to come out that might be a little surprising to people. Well, I you know? think that, I think that there's a, I don't think anything has come out. I think, Anything that no, she said has said so to. far is like what she wants people to know. You have no idea what's working behind the scenes. And right. until that comes out, like this is the beginning of what she is calling the reality reckoning movement. This is the beginning. There's still a middle and an end. There's still more to the story. We just started it. We just opened the book. Right. So I also wanted to kind of talk about this for a second because this is something that I don't necessarily love. And when I was speaking with somebody else this morning, they pointed this out. I don't love one speaking on other people's relationships who like, if we're talking about reality TV and we're observing somebody from a TV show and we kind of add into it. Okay. And we, we pick apart what we see the edited watered down version. I think that's a little bit different because we're recapping a show, but I sure. think if you know somebody personally it's just if it's not my relationship, I would always handle the conversation with Grace and not speak on it as if it's my own. And I feel like for her going into this saying that, you know, like they were business partners and they were like, that's sort of invalidating Ariana's feelings towards all of this. In my mind, that's how I felt because it, it's almost like you're saying it wasn't a real relationship. Well, if you're saying and you're claiming that Ariana was never your real friend, that she was your show friend, then how would you know how she felt about that relationship? How would you know what importance it had? Because one thing that I know about this cast is they're very careful with the people that they surround themselves with and how much information that they give them. She might not want to give you those intimate moments or the moments where they argue or have like a deeper relationship or maybe the high highs or the low lows because that's her private business. However, right. a man who wants to potentially encourage you to start an affair will tell you anything. He'll tell and you his side of the story. That's absolutely true. But then to double down in the conversation and sort of, again, invalidate what Ariana is feeling. I think that's exactly how this came off. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's what she's doing. I'm think I'm saying as a listener, it sounds like you're saying, well, it wasn't even a real relationship to begin with. It was a show relationship. Well, maybe that's not how Ariana felt. Maybe Ariana yeah, you never know. Listen, I, you and I are business partners with one, two, three, three or four businesses at this point. We're also married. We're in a relationship. You know, Tom and Ariana weren't married, but if their relationship changed at all, if they had some kind of dynamic, I don't think that Ariana was completely aware of of that completely. To be honest. No, I, I mean, listen. I know Jax has called them roommates before, and and yes, like maybe. The relationship took a sideline for a minute or, or whatever, but that doesn't mean it's over. I don't know. I don't know. Well, then when she went on to say, you know, like after all this happened and I knew I was going to be checking myself into a mental health facility, I ended up giving Tom a key to my apartment. And I thought maybe he would probably go there. Why not? You have a key to my apartment. 
Well, thank God we're not in Sheena's apartment anymore because, <laughs> you know, but be awkward. She, she said, I gave him a key to the apartment and Bethany said, interesting. So do you think because Tom and Ariana, you feel it to be true that they were not in fact in an intimate relationship, it was more so of uh, a business strategy and sort of presenting themselves as a brand and this power couple. Do you think that's why they're able to live with each other? Because there really was no love lost because there was no intimacy to begin with. And I think that Bethany speaks really quick and Raquel was trying to, Rachel was trying to process that. But she sort of said, yeah, actually, it's kind of what it seems like because how else would you be able to live in a house with somebody that you truly loved knowing that they're in a different relationship and now we have to pass each other awkwardly in the kitchen and stuff like that? It's weird. It seems strange from the it outside. It's strange. It's like, sorry, hey man, just making some toast. You know, you don't want to talk about anything? Like, that would be so I mean, awkward. I could not live with you. No, I hell no. With you, You'd be out every- in two seconds. But also, I wouldn't be the one to move out of my $2 million mansion that like if we both equally bought a $2 million home and it is 5,000 square feet and it's big enough, I'm not moving out to just go to stay in an apartment. And she did say he tied up a lot of his money into shorts and sandies. And maybe that's the reason he didn't want to move out. But you still had a free apartment, which was Rachel's apartment. But also, I would stick stick to like my guns or my ground or whatever you want to call it, whatever the saying is. And I would not leave my $2 million home. I'd be like, Jason, why don't you leave? Why do I have to leave? Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. And I want to go back to, you know, this being like kind of a producer thing and blaming it on like, you know, I had to fall in love with Tom to stay on the show. Like, it's, you know, that kind of, I don't know. That's kind of what I heard a little bit in it. The show was wrapping. It was wrapped, right? And then this came out. So, like, did you plan this? Or, like, I, I, I don't know. Is this something that you wanted to do and then you wanted to let them know at the very end? I, I, what what was the, the purpose? I, I just, I'm going well, in circles. I'm not even making sense because it I actually, can't make sense completely uh, of what she actually no. said. Because when this dropped this morning... I was like, oh my goodness, this I know. is going to be crazy. And then I'm just hearing like, I got the help. I'm taking accountability. I am so sorry. But then also it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Okay. So she went on to explain the X-rated video, which I saw. And we can't use the P word on here, guys, because it's YouTube, the algorithm, don't want to get in trouble. But it was called revenge with the P word, right? The X-rated video. She ends up describing the night that happened at Watch What Happens Live where the temporary restraining order was birthed, right? She said the night before she was in her hotel room and she was feeling a little naughty, decided to watch this X-rated material. And she FaceTimed Tom Sandoval. In that moment, they started doing things, right? And Mm -hmm. Tom recorded the FaceTime without her knowledge. The next day... That is a problem. huge problem if in fact true because i've seen i've heard two or three things in this interview that i know okay well that's a stretch and that's not necessarily so if this is in fact true how that worked out and he did record it without her knowledge yes that's a huge problem huge problem but 
She said she went in the next day to do Watch What Happens Live with Sheena and she was getting her makeup done. Girl felt on top of the world. And she was like, you know what? I was just in that moment telling my makeup person, I'm ready for anything that they can throw at me. Like I'm whatever it is. Five minutes later, Ariana texted her the night of Watch What Happens Live with two of the screen recordings saying, you're dead to me. Now, Bethany, of course, is going to break this down and want to know exactly what the context is behind it because that's Bethany. She wants to know how the sausage is made. She wants to know how all of it's done. What Start to finish. Where did this start? Where? Yeah. And yeah. I need to know every ingredient that went into this to make it what it is. Yeah. 100%. Don't skip out on the one ounce of paprika, bitch, because I need everything. That is Bethany Frankel. And she said, from my knowledge, and Bethany's like, can you confirm? Can you not confirm? You weren't there. How do you know? And it's like, oh, she's like, from my knowledge, from the people that I know who are also friends with Ariana and Tom, who were there that night, Tom was performing. I love how she said his hit single. Tom was performing. (laughs) (laughs) Tom was performing his hit single at Tom Tom. And his phone fell out of his pocket. One of their friends ended up grabbing the phone and handing it to Ariana. Ariana just had like, it was just maybe a moment of you know what? Maybe let me unlock this phone. Like intuition, let's call it. She had intuition. So she unlocked the phone and she started going through the camera roll. That is when she found the videos. Now from there, Bethany wanted to know, do you feel or did you hear anything about her sharing the videos around? And she said, well, I didn't necessarily, I don't know if she shared the video, but I know a lot of mutual people who are able to describe the video in pretty close detail as to what actually happened in the video. What are your thoughts? On the video? Yeah, she said she thinks that a lot of people have seen it. Despite the cease and desist, she sent out a cease and desist, but she said Ariana's friends knew about it. And she's I mean, listen, if, if you're seeing it, if like if and I'm, I'm I'm not saying this happened, but if Ariana is like seeing it right on her phone, you know, mm-hmm. and she's like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Wouldn't you just like be like to your friend? I would. You know what I mean? Because first of all, you feel duped that you've been duped by your friend. You've been duped by your lover or business partner or whatever. If that's the arrangement they had, there's still some kind of trust there, I would think that would be broken and yeah i mean i bet some people saw it 100 yeah absolutely i mean i would think (laughs) honestly um donna gunter member for three months i don't believe ariana shared that video okay hold on i want to go to this comment too um from jessica miller said i feel the producers are the real villains here i think that what they do is when they find a situation like let's say this Scandal, they will absolutely make you the villain because that is the choice you made. And producers' jobs, as awful as it sounds, are to create a show and they will do whatever to make that show as amazing, as intriguing, as you know, salacious as possible. 100%. Yes, they can be villains, but they are not villains without actions, people's actions. Well, I think Bethany, and I'm not a huge fan of some of the producers, but I'm just saying, you know, like, no, but I mean, that's a revolving door too. I've, I've met absolutely a few producers who are no longer there. Some of them who are, and you know what, 
for the cast, a lot of the times, depending on what side of the spectrum you're on for that season, you're either bonding with the producers and they feel like family or you're like, what the fuck? Why are you putting me in these situations and trying to give me this edit? Like, what's wrong with you? I mean, going back to the pandemic right before, Sheena, there was an editor or whoever. I don't think she was a producer. She was an editor who went on a podcast and literally laughed about making her look like an asshole. Right. That is also their job. You know, just how they want to spin it. It's it's awful. Right. Now, I want to get back to, though, to to the video because someone brought this up in in the live chat as well. But um, is she not mad at Tom for having that video on on the phone? And, you know, there are ways on an iPhone and an Android where illegal. you can have videos, right? And you can lock them where it has to be open with face ID or a different password, hidden photos, hidden videos. Why wouldn't you be smart enough for, with something like that to move that somewhere where it wouldn't be so easy for someone to open your phone and just come across these these things so like put some blame I know on you're on not Tom. asking that we're talking listen <laughs> what wait what am i what what are you talking about we're talking about tom sandoval no shade it's like tom oh. sandoval <laughs> tom sandoval is not thinking about that in the moment he was thinking about his band his his other bar his full-on affair that he was keeping under wraps and trying to make sure that ariana was not figuring out or putting together the pieces at home and while doing all of this filming a tv show I don't think he was worried about trying to encrypt his videos, so to speak. And the video, I'm pretty sure that video, like she said, we recorded it the night before Watch What Happens Live. It only took one day of that video being on his phone. I don't think he had time. I don't think he had time to think about it, time to delete it, time to... he. Who knows if you were drinking, if you were taking things, who knows where your mind was and if you even remembered that that video was on your camera roll. But on top of that, if you like, you know, their schedules, Jason, like even when Max joined for season eight, it was like he would come in so flustered and be like, I got to manage this restaurant and it's I'm filming. Do you remember what I used to say too? I was like, that is his choice. You yeah. chose to take a shitty paycheck to be on this show and also run a restaurant at the same time. Yeah. That is your choice. Do you want to run a restaurant? Do you want to be on a show and make no money? You yeah. know what I mean? It, it's totally up to you. These are these it, it brings and I don't know if it's just because maybe I'm older now. I've made some dumb decisions in my life, but really like it all comes down to people making decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, personal decisions. And that's where you know, I don't think this whole talk about reality TV would be happening, this reckoning. If SAG wasn't striking, if the writers weren't striking, I don't think we would be talking about this kind of thing because we ignored it when Nini brought it up. I know that Nini was coming from from a more personal stance and not trying to bring everyone into it. But it, it's really people's decisions. And that's what differentiates the actors striking who do this for a living and play a role and then turn it off they don't get to make the decisions the decisions are written for the characters that they play now you're making your decisions and you're playing the character you choose to portray Mm -hmm. and you know like uh, Raquel according to her or Rachel sorry I'm so used to calling her Raquel I apologize because she wants to be called Rachel and that is definitely something that she should be called Um, she portrayed somebody different than she said I needed to come back to myself and do work on my inner child well you gave us a character. You chose to make those decisions. And that's where I get lost in the whole, where is the line 
uh, for producers. Where is the line for the talent? Question for you. Jamie Benson said that was their private moment, what they did in the hotel. Why is it Bravo's problem? They're the ones who did it. Like, how do you answer that? I don't know. Okay. Um, Erica Smelser said, how do you watch or listen to Raquel and Bethany's interview? Anywhere you get your podcast, you can just go to Just Be With Bethany and listen to part one of the interview. Um, I know for a fact that the YouTube... Well, let me rephrase this. I believe the full video is coming out on YouTube on Friday. So I'm guessing that part two will either be out tomorrow or Friday. And um, yeah, we'll go from there. But hold on real quick. Very interesting. It, it, it really is. You know, I can't yeah. wait to see at the end of this what part two looks like. Uh, we know this from experience of putting out really bomb. Like, I felt like even whether you guys like it or not, if you guys have been following us from the beginning, if you haven't, then you might not know about these instances. But when I went to go interview Fallon, it was her place to speak and my place to do the interview and ask the questions. Same thing right. with Jen Shaw and same thing with Mary Cosby's parents. Same thing with Kelly Dodd and Rick Leventhal. And I feel like in that moment, you do. You have the beginning where you kind of get the build up to the story. And then the second part is really when you can get into the kind of gruesome details of it all. But right. the first part the is nitty really gritty context. Yeah, and I, I believe that's important. And you know, this is this is where... Too, and I think I think a lot of people are you know have very different opinions on Bethany and different opinions on on Rachel and stuff. But there really is a conversation. There's a conversation to be had about where the line is, and I'm kind of glad Bethany is providing a platform for this to be heard. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree with her or not, and whether I agree with her or not, maybe I don't agree with everything she's saying. Maybe I don't agree with everybody that she has on the show but it is a conversation you know and i think this will kind of put eyes on on certain things from happening we, we just watched what happened on on below deck and and how that is being exploited but also what producers do to get them there which i think you'll people will hear about eventually yeah wow all right guys well jason do you think that we kind of covered part one I, yeah, I think so. Listen, I listened to it on... Uh, if you want to listen to it, I recommend... I know it, the feature is on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, but listen to it on like 1.5. Like speed it up a little bit because otherwise you're going to be listening to a lot of ads and and also a lot of um, breath. But if you just want to hear it, just speed it up a little bit. <laughs> it's, okay. it's, it's a good okay. listen. It's a good listen. Whether you agree or not, because you can make your own um, conscious opinion by listening. Diana, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, guys, for everybody in the live chat, we'll be back. We'll be back to talk about part two. You know, originally we advertised this with Bravo and Blaze. It was last minute. So that's why that happened. So thank you again to Jason who came on here and did this with me. And now if you guys are looking forward to us collaborating with anybody for part two, yeah, he's right here. Now I can't do this without Jason because I want to kind of pick up the conversation. So, well, it depends when the next part comes out. I'm assuming you you don't want to, is it tomorrow? You don't want to wait too long, you know, because you know, everyone's going to be listening to it and making their opinions. And then you want to put out the second part so that, you know, you can get more, you know, information to make assessments, right? So whether it comes out tomorrow and we do this or... Uh, whether it comes out Friday and maybe we can all jump on with Bravo breaking news. Cause I know you do hot messy with them or with her on Friday. So that would be kind of fun. Yeah. 
Um, so tomorrow we'll be back with the, for the OC recap. I believe it's with Ricky Cornish, but I'll keep you guys posted. Um, I saw this live on Friday. No matter what, we'll be live with Kim from uh, Bravo Breaking News. Go follow her anyways. But yes, we'll be doing hot, messy topics. And then depending on when this video comes out, this next part two or audio, that's when we... That same day, we will do the live. We're not going to wait. So if it comes out tomorrow, then we are pushing back the OC recap and we're doing it tomorrow. If it comes out Friday... I'm not. I want it. I really hope we get some over. some more. I want some more information. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, as as crazy as everyone made this sound and listening to it, I was like, well, we're repeating a lot of stuff that we've heard. Um, and I do believe that Bethany is is you know like you said, I don't know what it's like talking to Bethany. I can only imagine like I need my answers prepared, and I need to know the information I'm telling is accurate. Um, how I got there, you know. So I I is there going to be a little more like grilling in a sense of, of tell me more? I hope so. I don't know if there will be based off of the kind of the, like Bethany getting emotional, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think that Bethany got really emotional really quick in this interview. Not really quick. I think she got emotional because she looked at Rachel, like you are young enough to be my daughter. And she did mention, like, had that have been my daughter who put herself in this situation, like, I would have probably sure. murdered somebody. So I think that Bethany immediately put herself into mama bear mode. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how deep she dives into it. But I did she see... She can relate to a lot of it, too. You know, she talks about these these manufactured scenarios. You know, she can relate to a lot of them. The, yeah. th the difference is, too, and this is why I say a conversation needs to happen, is you have somebody like a Bethany Frankel or a Lisa Vanderpump or, you know, people who are more, uh, who have a little more experience in business and how to handle themselves and who they are. And I do believe that with younger people in their 20s, like early on, like at the very beginning of Vanderpump Rules, it's very in easy to swindle a younger person into doing things and, and saying things and, and creating these manufactured scenarios, as she said on her podcast. So I do think she relates to certain situations that Rachel is talking about. However, <laughs> Rachel likes to walk herself in circles sometimes. Oh. Um, Swirl girl, Adam should interview Rachel. He has more intel. That's very sweet of you. Um, Guys, listen, Rachel just watched our stories before we came on here. I know that she is probably listening right now and watching, and she's probably seeing all of your comments. But if you guys want to go hear her side of the story, I saw in the live chat where you were asking, where can you listen to it? It's anywhere you get your podcast right there. Title is Just Be with Bethany Frankel. And it's August 16th, 2023, Reality Reckoning, Rachel Levis, part one. So go give it a listen and then let us know what you think, um, how you feel about it. Pop off in the comments, give us your unfiltered opinions, and make sure you go to both channels, um, vote in our community polls, and yeah, we'll keep the conversation going. Now I have to, can I give a compliment to this community? Because we complimented yeah. them, them last night on Anchor Watch, and last week when we covered the, the sexual assault on Below Deck, you mm -hmm. know, when yeah. we were covering it, everyone had a lot of opinions and kept the, the chat was so just respectful and i know people have opinions on everything people on banner from fools producers bethany uh rachel and thank you for keeping it respectful because we all have our own opinions and and the way that people express themselves in your live chat in your community adam you've built such a positive space that it's actually more fun to come on here now with you because 
you have a conversation, a positive conversation that's not so, you know, negative, diluted with neg- negativity. Yeah, 100%. Yes. I mean, it took some time, but here we are. So, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> here we are. All right, guys. Um, again, if we have any updates as far as like cast reactions or anything like that, we will keep that content coming to you. But in the meantime, happy Wednesday. Don't forget that tonight we have the Real Housewives of Orange County and we will see you tomorrow. So do all the YouTube things. Love you guys so much. And thank you for our new members and all the super chats and super stickers and our mods in the live chat. Love you guys. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.